It's everyone's favorite show about all things Utah. A show where four hosts, and sometimes a guest, discuss whatever they want regarding Utah, and mostly stay on topic. It's the new Utah Podcast, with your hosts, Bree, Chris, Jeremy, and Jessica. Julia. It's Julia. <laughs> Julia Gulia. That'll be fixed soon. Um, no thanks to the rest of <laughs> it us. It hasn't been fixed because I haven't done what I was supposed to do. Well, it's episode None of us have. 260, uh, and next week will be our five-year anniversary show. Uh, so I will change the intro for that, and if you guys don't buck up and send me stuff, which you won't, I, I just already know you won't, this weekend I'll make a new intro, and <laughs> that'll be that, and you'll have to live with it there. until I get bored with it. For another year. I'm not even going to be there. It's been this for a couple years now. It's, uh, Has it been this one for a couple? Like two years, I think. Really? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. It doesn't really matter. I don't really like it. I just, that's my laziness level <laughs> is up here. And the, the give a shit level. Used to have, of, because we didn't used to have an introduction. It was just the song. And so we would forget. And we'd forget to introduce ourselves like yeah. constantly. Yeah. So instead, I just put it in the intro and everyone knows who's talking. We also have with us today uh, a special guest co-host slash guest, uh, our friend David J. West from forever ago, from five years ago almost, episode 34. Yay. Yeah, this big, the, the rock star author himself. Uh, is is going to join us for the show. So uh, we've been trying to get him back on for a long time, but he's a busy guy. He's <laughs> he's a very busy guy. He's he's, uh, he's got a long, hard. Uh, he's week. living the rock the rock star lifestyle. Oh yeah, in the Utah <laughs> County, <laughs> <laughs> the UC rock star lifestyle. Um, on a Saturday night, you go get a Dr Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> no man, it's. It's going to get something to eat on Sunday. Whoa. All right. I take that back. That is There's a the couple of restaurants open. <laughs> Besides McDonald's, right? The, not, what is it? Chester Chicken in Maverick? That's what's open on Sundays? I don't <laughs> know. I that. don't know if that but one it's is. it's Tuesday. It's only Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, anyway, stuff <laughs> happened. This was a long This has been a long day for me. Um, it's a bad week, right? A little rough for Should us. Should we just start yeah. off with like a like Let's a hardcore start off with downer? Let's start off with a downer because then it can only go up no, from people, there. Well, people will have the update from last week, which was also a downer talking about yeah, your Yeah, so, so last week, Eva was not doing well. Our wiener dog, our 13-year-old wiener dog was not doing well. We talked about hopefully get a few more weeks with my daughter's wedding coming up and all that fun, fun stuff. So Wednesday, the very next day, he went downhill so fast that we, we put him down the next day. Um, so like two days from the last recording. Yeah. So very sad. He was an old dog. And I mean, we saw it coming, but it, man, it just went so fast. So fast. When he turned, it was literally three or four days. That's depressing. So so that was our sad news from last week. So there's 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 funny news from last week, too. Yeah. Julia's got, Julia's got a story. Got something to tell. This week on Julia does everything that's embarrassing. <laughs> so, apparently, uh, by the way, apparently I found this out today. Um, so Julia is, the, I think the new segment of the show is what weird ass shit is Julia doing that Chris is blown, his mind is blown by. Cause my 1940s relationship. Yeah. Like <laughs> fucking sleeping in different bedrooms is weird to me. Like my, my, my longtime live in boyfriend. And I sleep in different bedrooms because we don't like sleeping next to each other. David's over here like, yeah, it works for me. We lived together two years. Yeah. Started doing separate bedrooms about a year ago. And it's just working out great for you guys, huh? Apparently. It's weird. So I found out (laughs) today. They're still together. So obviously. I found out today uh, that if you put like 
anything like Julia doesn't like Arby's cheese sauce on her. So normally, if you order a roast beef sandwich from Arby's and you get cheddar on it, you're like upgrade bonus free. bonus. Not Julia. And I also, apparently, if like a piece of lettuce touches her bun, it was a piece of onion. Oh, even yes. worse. A piece of onion had touched her bun, a stray onion, and she was done. I'm so picky that when I go to my friends' houses and they cook food for me, they'll be like, do you want this on the rice? Are you sure? Because I can put it next to the rice if because they don't they know I'm weird about the food trick being growing mixed. up. And she didn't fool anybody, but the trick growing up, she'd like move her food around with I a fork. I would just hide everything under a piece of lettuce or, <laughs> <laughs> like, or a napkin. Like you didn't notice. <laughs> like you wouldn't notice. Julie, eat your food. I am. She'd be the last one so that when everybody just else was slowly compacting it into a away, smaller pile, or she'd on the feed plate. it to the dogs. And we had many sick dog episodes. Anyway. That's not what we're talking about. Yeah, so now I want to hear the bowling story because I want to hear what else I can find out about Julia. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> this week on Julia's Compulsive. So um, I went bowling with Brighton and one of our friends. and Who's actually going to be on the podcast in yep, a little bit. croissant girl. You'll croissant hear all girl. about that later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it was some like league night. So there were a bunch of people on their like bowling club and they had a raffle or something going on and every few minutes the the workers would go over the the intercom for the building and read out raffle numbers and uh I did des- I decided to scream out that's mine and turns out <laughs> you're supposed to bowl a strike after that so I just yelled that's mine just to be funny and I just go back to my thing and everyone starts cheering and clapping and screaming and I'm like wait no no I'm like uh, no, no, no! It's a joke, You're and they're like, "Do it anyway." Bingo in the bingo parlor. That's her. Yeah, that's me. That's uh, my yeah, daughter. I, I hit one pin. Yeah, look, <laughs> look. All's fair. The bowling alley people probably really didn't give a shit. If you do that crap in a bingo parlor, you have never seen people with walkers get so angry. They'll thank you. Oh yeah, no. The one of the people from that team kept coming over and trying to show my friend how to hold a bowling ball correctly because she was really bad. He's a smoothie. <laughs> oh, he was with his wife, and they were all making out the whole time, and he'd just like, keep so coming over lo- to like show this random girl third. how looking to... Looking for a third. Yeah, I know, looking right? for a third. They live the lifestyle. Yeah, they're in the, the lifestyle. Way. The swingers. The lifestyle. No, it's just the lifestyle. The lifestyle. That's the appropriate... That's the PC term these days. <laughs> PC? Politically correct. Oh. Uh, the Bri- lifestyle. Bree has a new family. Like a ton of them. So, so you're not like an only child anymore. Time, yeah. So a few years ago, you know, Brie, we, we talk about it on the show a few times. So Brie is one of the first, um, we call her test tube baby. She was te- technically, it was artificial insemination, not, not IVF. IVF was a couple years later when that technology finally came. We just call it that because it's easier than saying artificial insemination. But 1975. So 1975. One so of the one, first. one of the, one of the, Utah, of the early, like, yeah, one of the early Utah's groundbreaking with their medical stuff yeah i think the first actual ivf baby i think was in 78 the first one that actually lived and and was carried to term aside from brie but well, so anyway actually ivf so a few she years ago she, she, she never know because it was an anonymous sperm donation she doesn't know who her biological father is or any of her genetics so we did the 23 and me which was kind of cool and she had one person out of 23 and me like contact her and say hey i might know who your dad is and then like she was like oh ghosted really me. and then yeah he ghosted her and so does like, it call well, up? Bree, I am your father. Because <laughs> that would be all, funny. Darth Vader is not a ghost. <laughs> no, he, he yes, he is. Anakin is a ghost. He is a ghost. 
Now. All of them. But it's debatable whether he's good or bad. I don't know. Anyway. But uh, he's a bad actor. It's all you need to know. Um, well, that's a given. Hayden Christensen is so terrible. Uh, so I said to Bree last year before Christmas, I'm like, well, why don't we do Ancestry? Because... You know, 23 and Me is a lot more health-oriented, and they do the ancestral stuff, but Ancestry.com is a platform that was built for genealogy, and then they added the DNA crap to it later. So. Isn't it owned by the church? Uh, yeah, I think they did buy it. It's uh-huh. affiliated, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, it wasn't originally, and I think they ended up because buying it. Because the church's database is, is massive. Massive, is yeah. the biggest in the world. And so... So we did the Ancestry uh, DNA test, and she got the results back and, like, never actually signed up for uh, the Ancestry service, which is what you need to actually communicate with potential relatives. It's not even that expensive, is it? It was like like, 100 bucks for six months. Yeah, it's like 15 bucks, Mm. 20 bucks a month. But it's it's to do genealogy, right? Like, if you want to trace your ancestry... Get baptized and do it for free. (laughs) Um, That's not free. That's like selling your soul to Satan. That's like the only thing I still do. I'll sometimes look up my family tree, because there's this one where it'll show you all the famous people you're related to. So, like, I'm a Norse princess. Like, my 13th great-grandpa is, like, King Frederick II of Scotland and Norway. That's way further back than I can get. All I know is, like, <laughs> I had people fighting in the Revolutionary War, um, probably on both sides, honestly, in my, my line. So, uh, anyway, so Bree finally signs up for it last week. Um, Thursday? Wednesday? Wednesday. I had have been because we'd have talked about it last Tuesday, so it wasn't Tuesday. Yeah, it was either Wednesday or Thursday. She signs up for it, and, like, within a couple hours of signing up for it. I'm pretty sure it was Thursday because the guys were over. She's like... Oh my God, Chris. Yeah, it was. Cause you came downstairs. You're like, Oh my God, look at this. And I'm like, what? And so she, she shows me and she has like three messages from people that are like four messages. I don't, I, I love how this is my family story that Chris is telling. Well, you can tell it now. So I was tell telling the, the lead in and you just haven't talked yet. So because you're just been talking. Oh, your mic doesn't work anymore. So okay. I'll tell the right now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I had four messages. One was from, there were two from, there were two from women and two from men. So the two men are... She disregarded immediately. Cousins. <laughs> and actually gave me quite a bit of information. Um, one of the women said that she was an IVF baby from the 70s um, and wondered if, like, what the relationship... She, wa- she wanted to know if I knew who, like, my father or whatever. Who's your dad? Because it's not... Precise, like with with siblings, it doesn't. It says it, usually it says like first cousin. cousin, close relative. So it can't be super for, precise with parents. It can be very precise because you share half your genetics with the parent, and so you can usually see if there's a parent child relationship. But when it comes to siblings, there can be it's enough different. Diff- yeah, that, it's a bunch of different percentages. So it it you can range anywhere between first cousin and close family. So like all of my cousins on my mom's side all range first cousin close family. So. Anyway, um, so there was one message from a girl asking me if I knew about my father. And then there was another girl saying uh, her dad made donations uh, to the medical. To the University of Utah Medical Center. Right. They were doing a, a, a program where they were doing testing on it. So he was a, an actual med student, which I've always said. That was one of the things that it could possibly Med be. Med student trying to make some money. Yeah, well, they were. Well, no, he was married. Still trying and to make some donating money. Donating in the neighborhood. Money. Still yeah. making right. money. So. The spank bank. This lady. You got you to gotta make money where you can in med school, man. So 
And if you can make it the easy and fun way. I mean, he was going to be working with it anyway, so might as well just be his own. Let's be honest. That's a pretty clinical thing. Uh, I don't know that the spank bank is like, they stick you on a room with a VCR and a tape and they're like, okay, go to town, dude. Uh, the fact that men can do that is just in and of itself something that says something about it. I don't put in some overtime. Right. Honestly, I don't, I don't even need a video. I could just. Point. So anyway, moving right along to my story <laughs> that Chris has been telling. So tell it. Now I'm just adding color commentary. It's fine. We're just making it more interesting. No, it's already really interesting. Okay, sorry, Bree. So were these up. people just like waiting around for you to randomly show up so they could all just bombard you? I think or do they, they get like I, an email like, hey, you may have I think a relative? That they, I think that they must get notifications. Oh, okay. Yeah, I get, get, it's going to be like, that's creepy. So like 23andMe does. I think the Ancestry must. Um, they do. They do. But I wasn't signed up for the program yet, so they could message me, but I don't think I could see. You couldn't see the message. All of those. those no, I could see the messages. Stop. Can you just let me tell you? I could see their emails. Turn off his I mic. had gotten notices for their emails, but I had been ignoring them for the week because I was busy. I think that you don't get notifications on close DNA matches until you sign up for their program. So you could, people can message you and say, I think you might be related, but they, I think that they're, they ha- already had signed up for the package. And so they were, get, they got a notification that somebody had popped up that was related. So. Um, it turns out I have seven we siblings. Think. Yeah. Nice. Now you're like my close. size family. No, it's bigger. So seven siblings <laughs> from the dad and the mom who are married. And then one other IVF sister that, that we're aware of that was successful and has participated. So they in had ancestry. seven kids. Like, yes, they had. So the of wife their and own. The mom, yes. And then his donated kids. And then donated to the, kids. Two donated think, kids. The, they're pretty so sure. There's nine of us. And if there's two, there's probably more. But the, the family, because the, this is, okay, so this is an interesting thing, right? So he donated in the mid-70s, uh, like in his last year of med school, uh, and he has other kids. But the family, like, it's really weird for a family to be that completely open, like, hey, yeah, you might be our half-sibling because our dad jerked off Especially in a cup. Especially because like, my, <laughs> the, I'm not, we're not. First Dude, it's kids. like, why am I on this show? Yeah, you're not the, like you. you taboo, taboo. They're they're not the first of his children. Just ideas for your next book. So the IVF kids <laughs> are not his his oldest kids. His two oldest kids are twins, and they were born in 1972, which was prior to any of his donations. <clears throat> so he'd been married. He was already having kids. Was she pregnant or just had a kid during that time? <clears throat> Jesus, Jeremy. I don't know, Jeremy. Not desperate for some action. Well, look, I'm just trying to tell this story. They here. Had, look, they had seven kids. I'm pretty sure the action was not the question. That Bring the action. Life. I'm pretty sure they got down a lot. At least seven times. At least. <laughs> that we know of. Bree's just <laughs> She's gone. so mad right now. Six. They were twins. Oh, six. Yeah, oh, true. That's twins. true. Oh. Six times. Thank you, David. And after the twins popped out, the Lucky mom was like, eyes. I'm not doing this again. He's like, shit. All right, well, the U has a program, so I can jerk off um, if you're good with that. And she's like, yeah, sure, it's extra cash for the twins. So you helped put them through preschool. I want to donate eggs, but I'm too <laughs> mentally special But they, they said, <laughs> to do it, they what, said. Was it the cousin that told you about the other family member? Okay, so anyway, they all contacted me. They've all, con- I've been in contact, been text with the sister. I found out she's an RSL fan. She has, and she has oh, season nice. tickets. If she had been at the game on this last Saturday, I would have actually gotten to meet her literally within days of finding out that she even existed. Um, Wouldn't that be crazy if she was in like your section? 
I don't think so. I'm pretty sure they're fairly rich. She has a boat, and they're super duper Mormon. Should we do our tarot card now? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's do our tarot card. Tarot card of the week. Whose turn is it? David's. Uh, Yeah, it's David's. He's a special guest. (laughs) He can pull the tarot card. He's like, (laughs) flabbergasted right now. Pick a card, any card. Tarot of the week. All right. Yep. We have the eight of cups. Eight cups. Eight maids of milking in the cups. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) They're milking cows. Exactly. Probably into buckets, not cups. True. Hope I win that car. (laughs) Is it eight maids of milking? All right. This is a story of Moses. Yeah. I think. Oh, boy. Leaving good things behind in the pursuit of higher ideals. Moses? That is me. This is so me. He was raised as a prince of Egypt, but realized he needed to sacrifice his royal life and wealth to to pursue a spiritual and ascetic one. All right. The words. Walking away. Brie. Introspection. Escapism. Brie. I wasn't trying to show it to you. And seeking truth. Seeking oh, truth. You take a picture. I'm in the wrong lighting, and so when I try and take it, it shows the shadow of my phone. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's why you just put a bunch of these in the background. Yeah, actually, yeah, no. Would... It likes legitimately. Oh. It's like putting a shadow, or I can't get it. Get a picture of it. I'll I'll do Here, something. You can get a picture of the book. So that's our tarot of the week. I didn't even hear what you said, honestly. Did I win? You won. You get the eight cups. <laughs> you know the cups made milking into cups. The cups on this thing are stacked really poorly. Like they, they definitely need they definitely need some stacking. There's a shadow that I can't get rid of because of the way oh, that the light is. Yeah. I can't move my phone. So so turn the other way. No, like physically <laughs> spin your chair no, that way. Because no. then there's not a like it's on my lap. Okay. It's all right. That's all right. We That's might be we could take. That's why Chris can take the picture. Here, okay. take that. Take pictures and send them to me. That's easier than trying to run a podcast and take pictures at the same time. <laughs> that is a difficult proposition for sure. Uh, hey, I wanted to talk real quick, and, and then we'll talk more to David. I want to talk real quick about um, the RSL game on Saturday. Um, on uh, So RSL, like each game in May, has basically lifted more and more restrictions. So the first game... No eating or drinking in the stands. Masks had to be on the whole time. And they set up islands of tables for people to eat and drink at on the concourse where you were closer than six feet eating and drinking from other people, which was stupid. All standing shoulder to shoulder. Then the next week, they said, oh, you can eat and drink in the stands. We still want you to wear your mask. And then last weekend, they went, "Ah, masks are not required, but we strongly recommend that you wear them because this is right post-CDC's guidance of vaccinated people don't need to wear masks. I'm pretty sure there were maybe like one in a hundred people wearing masks at that fucking game. How many would you say, Brie? What are you What are you motioning for? Where's the book? What book? I gave it back to you with the card. Oh, what's in my lap? I only <laughs> <laughs> they speak on. Julie doesn't pay attention. <laughs> I think um I think I only saw one person in the stands that around yeah, us was, anyway that was wearing one. It was very sparse for people wearing masks. And that's kind of everywhere I've been. Like, I went to Harmon's and the dude that, like, the cart sanitizer that's in the front doors now of Harmon's was like, hey, you don't have to wear that if you don't want to. I'm like, I'm good. Maya said that Peterson's lifted their ban. They all have pretty much. Kroger has not yet. So Smith's has not yet. Um, 
Harmons has, Target has. I think Walmart probably did never fucking really have one anyway. Walmart. When I was there the other day, oh by the way, I got my first shot. My, I saw that. My first. He was sick of the bullying. I was sick of the good, bullying. Good, good. If I can bully you <laughs> to get a vaccination, I will. But when I was, there, it was half and half. That did, is probably did, yeah. Half did Heather half. get hers yet? Not yet. I thought she would have to because she worked at the school. So the way they did it was weird. Like, um. All administration got it first. Go figure. Then teachers. Not, not the fucking teachers that are exposed <laughs> to the snot. Then teachers little. and then uh, lower level administration. I think they're opening that one like shortly where they'll actually come around to the schools. The way they did it was. I think weird. next year is going to be an interesting year for flu season. Uh, well, I bet it'll be back. Well, because when we were talking, so I was talking to my friend Angie, who is a, um, a biologist for biotech, and you know, one of the biofire, biofire, biotech. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. <laughs> um, but she's a biologist for them, and one of the programs that she's been working on is they've got a a panel for a, a whole bunch. It does like 15 things for a rapid panel in office. Well, they're in clinical trials. But one of the things with clinical trials is you have to have so many affirmative cases of things on this panel for the FDA to approve it. They're on their second attempt at a clinical trial because no one's sick. So they're not getting enough participants and they're not getting enough positive results because no one's getting sick because everyone's been wearing masks for the last year and staying away from each other. Yeah. And like we talked about whenever it was last week, a couple of weeks ago, the schools have had like no flu per yeah. se yeah. because the kids have had to wash their hands in between everything, wear wash the desks, wear the masks. So, so they're, it's amazing what cleaning things does to help with germs. <laughs> I don't see my kids have been going and. If there was even a hint of your child might have been exposed, oh, they're, they're they have to coming. stay home. Yep, two yeah, weeks. like two, two weeks, weeks, isn't it? Two oh, weeks. Bummer. So I my have kids to stay home. Just where would go? They'd then they'd be stuck home. Uh, my daughter missed like all of December. She's like she came to school and she coughed because she like swallowed something down the wrong pipe. They're like, nope, go home. No, no, she never got sick. It was all just she might have been she exposed, exposed. Oh, to one yeah. of the other students, but nothing ever came of Which it. it and and the the numbers show the transmission rates among kids are actually pretty low. <laughs> like they weren't supporting what the original estimates were of of transmission rates with with children in particular. So I know with at the first of the school year they shut Riverton High down like twice because the numbers were too high. Uh, well, but, Sean's daughter was in part responsible for that. Yeah, but <laughs> but it was it was the cases they were getting were actually out of school, but because they mm-hmm. were kids at anyway so the first of the year well they had all their like athletic programs and stuff yeah and, like, so they shut riverton down a couple times the first of this year and it was weird it was yeah so our kids were in and out and in and out and but the last probably four or five months they haven't yeah i think that's going to be a lot different next year too so. well the next year heather was saying she's supposed to go back to normal meaning this friday off garbage did absolutely nothing no it's, <laughs> like i <laughs> weird, we had weird. Wednesdays. oh you had wednesday when that when Ours that happened when, what did i say magically covid doesn't exist on that day it like does, or when that, you eat yeah or like, when you're sitting down at a table or when you're at recess but if your, you stand up you can get it again because yeah. yeah, you drive by the school, the grade schools during like recess time. None of the kids are wearing masks. No, they're all having fun, playing on the playgrounds, okay. rubbing hands, touching each other's boogers and shit. <laughs> I, don't know. I thought you were gonna say something else. They're children, Julia. <laughs> Fuck. You're the one who paused all weird. <laughs> well, I was trying to think of not swear words to say. 
because, I don't know, they were kids, so I try to mind my manners around children. Keeping this clean? Yeah, your mom gets mad at me if I don't, so. She doesn't listen. The <laughs> 13-year-old does, though. She's got mad. She knows every episode. He also knows every fucking word I would say. Like, trust me, he's 13. He knows more than I do, probably. Probably. He's just, you know, doesn't say it around mom. He's smart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> smart All kid. of us don't say it around mom. Because we respect your mom. Because ye- mom will give us the eyes. She yells at me when I say it. The f- <laughs> give us the face. The mm. uh, so, David, welcome back. So we have... <laughs> Thank you. Uh, David J. West is, uh, is a, a local author here in the state of Utah. Um, and we had you on back uh, in the first year of doing the show, episode 34. Wow. And it is episode 260. So we're, you know, four and a half years later. We to quote, you. Time flies. The sexiest dark fantasy and weird Western author we have ever had on the show. I'm glad that you read that after I gave it to you. <laughs> that, that was the quote that, that we were supposed to say? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't have to say that you wrote it. I, you could have just come out of his butt. What? It no, did. that's disgusting. <laughs> you shouldn't wear that one with a badge on her. You should uh, go wipe it off, probably. Uh, no, David, uh, <laughs> we've talked to David quite a few times. Uh, we talked about Halloween Expo. And so that's where we met, is the Halloween Expo 2016, I do believe it was. A long time ago, five years. And, and I uh, see you guys at all the Fanexes, too. Right? Yeah, so we've done different things. So we were we had the big corner booth. We tried to get him on the show, but like I said, he's a really busy guy. He's, Tuesdays were never a good day for him. Authoring's difficult. He can't leave his job on a Tuesday to come. He's pushing out books like cheap tacos at Taco Bell. That that's true. I mean, <laughs> I have a lot. I've lost track. I'm, you know, if you're going to say how many books do you have now, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. So, I don't know. It's got to be 20 something. Who's who's doing your publishing for you? I am kind of like a hybrid author, so like I'll do some that are independent and then if I can market one with this company, I'll go for it if I get invited to this. So you're not like tied down to like, what is it, Shadow Mountain, which is a big one no. locally? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I haven't really talked to anyone that, I haven't really talked to anyone that's part of Shadow we Mountain. We interviewed that's them like, last week. I'm what? kidding. <laughs> look on his face. That's fine. You can say that. I was that. like, really? <laughs> no. Okay. No. Well, and I, look. I'm like, I don't remember seeing that on the Instagram page. <laughs> what I can say from, from like talking to a lot of authors at, at Fanex is the ones that are tied to Shadow Mountain seem really fucking miserable. <laughs> And, and that giant, like, signing booth, like, and they don't seem really happy with life, and all the other ones do. <laughs> I, I don't know if they know what to expect. Sometimes you gotta just say, hey, this is real life. You're at Fan X. You're gonna sell four copies. Be happy with it. <laughs> yeah. Like, people don't buy shit for some reason here. So, well, Utah's cheap. No, it's, we've had that discussion before many times. So even though we've interviewed you before, I just want to back up just slightly. And talk briefly about where you came from, where you grew up. And even though we've interviewed you before, that way we can just refresh for our new folks. So where were you born here in Utah? I was born in Salt Lake at Primary Children's Hospital. And in what month? June. June. September, okay, baby. Yeah. So there you go. The September love, baby. Labor Day. I guess. I didn't think about it. What that. part of June? Have Early you ever seen the movie? 22nd. Okay. Conception. I've never bothered to time that out. What? Conception. Have you seen the movie Conception? Is that what you just asked I'm him? just doing a, a roundabout I was trying hint. to think about my parents, to and that's something I don't want to think about. Month. Yeah. Conception. No one does. That's why we ask it. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, I never really thought about it. Uh, so September was a good month. So there's no parents. like parent birthday or anniversary around then? Um, yeah. You're... No, they've been married for six months by then. Oh, yeah. So you were, the, you were, uh, you were like uh, a newlywed honeymoon baby. newlywed type baby, huh? I, I suppose, yeah, like a year and a half after they got married. That's better than finding out when you're like 39 that your parents got married five months into your conception. Chris just found it that happens. out. Yeah. It happens. On Ancestry? <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, <laughs> funny enough, yes. Uh, doing some genealogy and fighting like the marriage record and being like- Wait a second. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. Like, why did they never fucking say anything about this? Like, I always just thought they were married when they conceived me. I don't know why I had a notion that my mom was like a upstanding, normal person. A virtuous that, woman. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea why I thought that. No reason to believe that. So born in Salt Lake, where'd you go to high school? Uh, we moved around a little bit, so I don't remember a lot of Utah, but I grew up in Montana for Montana. the most part. Yeah, so kind of the river runs through it area is where I grew up, went to high school. And then not long after that, I ended up coming down here working with my brother-in-law because not a lot of jobs in Montana. Yeah. No, not really. So I did construction for a long time, got to work with friends, got to travel. <laughs> Someone's up there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm and sure. just, you know, I always just liked stories and so started Saying, ah, I'm going to do this. And I'd go and, and then sit you for hours at night and start writing. And met your wife here in Salt Lake? No. <laughs> you just said that he moved here because of his brother in law. What, what a, yeah. But, I got married. I got married kind of late. I didn't, I married my first wife when I was 29. And we were married for 10 years and got divorced. I got full custody of my kids. So I had three kids. And I was still in Montana then. I, I did the Utah-Montana back and gotcha. forth, back and forth. Um, started talking to her on Facebook. Um, she was in L.A. And oh. so I started doing long-distance dating, flying to L.A. What did she What did she do? In, oh, is that where she's from? Is that where she grew up? Or was um, She was one of those kids that was from everywhere. She was born here too, but she lived everywhere. But she, she went to BYU Theater and ended up in L.A. Huh, interesting. Doing movies or? Um, she worked for New Line for a little while, but huh. ended up getting into the makeup business oh. and then ended up falling into pharmaceutical rep. All so right. So that's what she still does well, here. You, so, yeah. That's, the, a, that's, a, that's a. Well, it's going to say good theater job. is fun, like, but it's something that job. actually pays the bills. So, pharmaceutical oh, yeah. rep would actually pay the bills. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I was flying to LA. We were seen each other all 2013 got married and i moved me and the kids to la for six months and then the pharmaceutical rep option opened up in utah and we oh. both have family and friends here so we're like yeah let's let's come back Are the to schools utah. better or not necessarily or... <clears throat> depends on I if you know. live in glendale or like we were Cottonwood. in culver city and yeah. it was nice yeah. okay it's like well did you live in uh you know, Long Beach or <laughs> uh, Culver, Culver City was nice. We were really close to the Sony lot. Sometimes that that's how we would describe where where are you at? Oh, we were close to the Sony lot. Gotcha. Okay, so you're here. Here. When do we start writing books? Or we're doing it kind of um, off. I, and I on. had been. I had my first book contract in 2009 because I'd been sending books out, um, saying, "Hey, you interested?" You know, trying to do the old. Almost pre-internet thing, you- because I I could send them paper copies and 
electronic electronic copies and i got a small publisher pick me up so my first novel came out in 2010 that's this one here's Here's the the fallen fallen. i wanted to do a conan the barbarian in the book of mormon setting nice (laughs) because that wasn't coming out in shadow mountain or covenant (laughs) or anything i i'm like what do i want to read i want to read blood and guts so knowing my utah background that's kind of what I started playing with, and I had a lot of fun with that. What? Nice. They what? would not sell it at Deseret Book. What a shocker. It has a lot of blood, some drug use. Some, Probably bordering on blasphemous. I uh, had a homosexual character. Did they what, somebody, oh, no. left, somebody left uh, a bad review on Amazon. This had a homosexual hero in it. And I'm like. Wow. He was a minor character. He wasn't the hero. <laughs> I never know if he was. That, Who cares? Well, but, I mean, that person is clearly closeted. Yeah, so I'm like, <laughs> eh, whatever. So Desert Book would yeah, never Yeah, Who cares? Carry That's it. who cares. Desert Book. Well, so you didn't sell a lot of copies in Utah, I guess. Huh? I, I think I did okay. <laughs> and then when it came to my hometown in Montana, I was Dan Brown. You nice. were the guy. You were the guy. Oh, there you go, then. <laughs> Uh, my my hometown had like a thousand people, and I probably sold a few hundred copies. Nice, so. they all there. So like every still. household, basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they got yeah. your paste on a banner on Main Street. Knock on the door. I'd like to tell you about your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, except with this really cool badass book. Just about. <laughs> so, I had a lot of fun. so what really drove? Or I don't even know if we asked you this um, four and a half years ago. What really drove? your urge to write and become an author because now that's that's your full-time gig right yeah i i changed it to my little bio that i write because i have to get the voices out of my head and i can't do that until someone else reads them nice i probably that's didn't a- tell that as good as i wrote it but, you know. <laughs> well you know writers they, they're not talkers they're i writers. edit it it gets edited a yeah. lot and i have to have people edit me because i i screw up how I mean, how much? So I'm I'm curious from a, a writing perspective. Um, you know, you start with a book, and generically, I mean, you've written a lot of books that have been published. Now, generically speaking, let's say you start with 300 pages for a book. How much does that book change going through revision in terms of the story arc and the character development and the action? Like, I don't care about words and spelling. That's that's like base level stuff that editors get paid to handle. I'm talking about like the stories themselves. It it changes a bit as I'm doing it. Sometimes he I wasn't have written no... as a homosexual. <laughs> they changed it in the editing. That was last minute. They're like, we know how to get it out of Siegel books. <laughs> this is gonna sell more copies. Can you make this guy gay, please? <laughs> um let's get edgy. I it just <laughs> It's 2009. It's time. <laughs> so I just sometimes I play with it, and I'm like, Will and Grace you know was big I want to go this I was in third grade in 2009. Yeah, you're young. We know. It's so weird. <laughs> so so yeah, it changes a lot. It it changes a bit. Is it is it mostly from you or is it a lot from you know the reviewers and stuff that are your editors and stuff? Uh, mo- I want to say mostly me. I'll change my ideas on. I want to do this. I want this book to say this. I want it to do this. You know, and I, I I think of myself as a pulp fiction writer. I'm writing action adventure entertainment more than I'm trying to say any deep philosophical thing. I mean, I might play with that, but 
I, I think of myself as a entertainer. So we can expect, you know, out of the stuff that you write, much more like uh, Pacific Rim as opposed to like <laughs> the Notebook. Definitely. Okay. Let's just make that's sure we're. Fair. That's that's that's, that's a pretty. Yeah, that's probably a Pacific Rim fair. versus the Notebook. Which that's Pacific Rim? I would watch the Notebook. I never did see the Notebook. Uh, I've seen I, both, and I like them both. I finally saw the Titanic. Bree made me watch it like a week ago. Just a week ago? Yeah. Of course, how old were you when it came out? I've never watched it. No, I was like high school No, it's one aged. of Cassie's favorite movies, and she's Julia's age. What was it, like the mid-late 90s? 90. It's like it wasn't 97, to 98. Watch it. Yeah. My kids pretty much watch whatever the hell they want. Yeah. I, just, I wasn't allowed to. I was 16 and still had to ask if I could watch PG-13 movies. I just never... I could watch whatever the fuck <laughs> Sorry, I Mom. Wanted. calling you out. <laughs> At seven, I was watching Friday the 13th with my mom. I don't think there was a concern. See, and I watch uh, the thing in yeah. Aliens with my boys because they they're they're into monsters. They're so good. Those and movies. there's been a bunch of times they've tried to talk to their neighborhood friends, and I'm like, they're not gonna. They're their not... friends haven't seen that man. No. Don't don't. <laughs> don't you're not gonna be able to bond up. with them on that. <laughs> <laughs> Have them watch like I like. See, I like a lot of the campy '80s stuff, like Critters, mm-hmm. Gremlins, uh, Puppet Chuds. Master series. Yeah, well, Chuds and Chuds likes, too. He likes the bad horror movies. Yeah, mm-hmm. and. Uh, so does my youngest daughter, and so they have like. Which I still think that that uh, Cabin in the Woods is the best horror movie. What was that ever crappy ET knockoff we watched the other day? Mac and Me. Mac and Me. Yeah. Yep. That's not a crappy <laughs> ET knockoff. Yes, it is. Oh, it's bad. Mac, Mac and, and Me was great. What does he ride on instead of a bike? Was it a scooter or a skateboard or? A... I don't know. Like it's like it's such a parallel of ET. It's the exact but like same. just enough to not quite be ET, but the single I miss mom my home and, and my family. You, you want to know? Pretty nice. You want to know what the difference is? When Mac and Me came out in the late '80s, they released it to video. ET got held again and re-released to theaters. Yeah. And also, Mac and Me didn't have a video game that literally was so bad they buried a ton of them in New Mexico. Really? The <laughs> oh, yeah. The E.T. The e. video game was so terrible that they overproduced it. They just put them in a dump truck and dumped them in a, in landfill, a landfill and buried them. Yep. That's a real story. That's not an urban legend. And they got like, Reese's Pieces behind them. Well, that Well, Reese's they wanted pieces. M&M's, but M&M's thought that it would be dumb. <clears throat> and so Reese's Pieces volunteered and... Their cells jumped 60% that year. Stinking Reese's Pieces are yummy. I like it's, them. It's wild. That's a little fact for you. A little factoid from... You should just eat them together. Then you have chocolate and peanut butter. That's quite the rabbit hole. Anyway, back so, to uh, <laughs> so the I, I, we we've been asking a lot of people this year um, as we talk to them, you know what the pandemic has been like for them in their career and their life. And obviously, you know, as a as a full time author, um, I don't know like if you have a space in your home that you write in, or if you're one of those people that has to like go sequester themselves in a cabin in the woods, Starbucks. Or, yeah, go to the, the What's coffee the cabin shop. movie with uh, Johnny Depp where he's the writer and he goes to the cabin and the guy... Is that rear view? Rear window? Something. Rear and the guy accuses him window. of copying his book and you it know, got really weird. His first movie. You know what it was, right? Johnny his Depp's. First movie? Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, yeah, that's right. He gets killed in the waterbed. Mm-hmm. He's so the kid in the waterbed. Anyway, that one was pretty trippy where he goes to, to write the book and then the guy accuses him of stealing it. And so... So what is your like writing thing? Do you need that absolute like isolation or do you just kind of bounce everywhere? I I have tried to write almost everywhere, but I prefer my study which I've got just my space with 
tons of books, art, swords, everything all over the wall to kind of inspire me and osmosis into my head. So the switch to pandemic times, was that more difficult or less difficult for you with like the rest of the family being home a lot more? Uh, it was a little bit more difficult with some of the family being home. I had to take over a bunch of the schooling for the kids, so that distracted me a bit. So it wasn't a situation where you're like, oh, it's pandemic time, 20 more books. Not really. No. I, I think I actually slowed down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, now your kids were home all day, yep. and you had to take yep. care of them. And- How, what about like sales and readership? Because you do some self-publishing, and I know you work through some some publishers, like you said. So, I mean, d- did you see an increase in like readership and, and sales during the pandemic? The, I, I felt like mine was about the same. It didn't, to me, it wasn't a big difference, but I did some consulting work and tried to take some of my know-how for some of my friends for some of their companies. And I had some of my friends just do what I said and it just took off. <laughs> it's like the, the pandemic made people just grab their books as readers. And so I'm teach like, us. I'm like, why can't that it's, work for me? It's cause, <laughs> cause you there's nothing at. to do during the pandemic. And so people have more time to well, for instance, finally enjoy the book and then they, get that book that's been sitting on their nightstand for three years and then they're like well now do i mm-hmm. well all the libraries were closed for a yeah. long time yeah so like uh, i definitely sold more print books yeah i prefer that's a good. print book they i think people better. i hate ebooks i don't it's not the same it's like i paid money for a thing that i'm gonna forget was on my phone you know i like ebooks they're a good way to read so when the library shut down for instance we gave her ex-husband my my old kindle and Mike, I've got the owner's lending library. Like, just go get whatever free books you want. Cause he was so, that's all he does is read. He reads and reads and reads and he goes to the library and, and reads. He watches and reads. sporting events and reads. And he goes to the library like three times a week and checks out like a hundred books. He goes to the books. library once a week. He has a, he's a very regimented person. He goes to the library he poops once a week. At six to six oh five every much. morning. <laughs> Pretty much. You know, there's something different about staring at a dead tree and hallucinating, you know? What? Reading. Oh. <laughs> I've never thought about reading like that. It's what you're doing. You're staring at a piece of a dead tree and hallucinating. You know, some people don't, right? Some people don't see pictures in their head when they read. It's yeah, like I'm sure reading communists. Sucks. It's th- no. <laughs> There's an actual condition. I don't know what it's called, but it's a real thing. Well, it's Illiteracy. not a condition. It's no, um, it's where you can't envision things in your head. But it's not a condition. It's just... Like some people's eyes are blue and some people's eyes are brown. Yeah, it's the way your brain works. So, for instance, if you close your eyes and I say, think about eating an apple and taking a bite into that nice, juicy, crisp, like the sound it makes and the the feel of the apple and what it looks like. And you can picture like you taking an apple and biting it. There are people in this world that don't see the picture. They They understand. Image in their head. But yeah, there's no image called communists. Oh my there God. are people that see colors associated with words so that when you talk, synesthesia. they see words. Yeah, yep. synesthesia is cool. I want that. I want that. Superpower. I do. I actually would think you have to get cool. bitten by a spider for that to happen. <laughs> I can hear colors. It's a radioactive cool. daddy long legs, though. So <laughs> it doesn't hurt. For me, it's like I always see a movie in my head and then I'm trying to like put it out on paper. Yeah. That, that would make a good author. I don't generally see movies in my head. I don't really, I have like a lot of useless shit up here, but I'm not, all the creativity was wiped out a long time ago. So (laughs) I'm glad that you have lots of stories though. I mean, you have, like you said, you don't really know how many books you put out there now. I'm sure you know, but uh, it's gotta be 20 something. And then there's lots of other short stories and collections. How many books have you written that never went anywhere? 
Well, all of them have sold something, but. I guess now with self-publishing, that's a little bit easier, right? Like you can throw it up on Amazon. Yeah, for... yeah. And it's like I've got some that I thought, oh, this is going to take off. Then it doesn't. <laughs> well, it sounds like Big you got to. If, 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 if writing doesn't keep working out for you, you do have another option, it sounds like, in consulting. If you've really done that uh, for yeah, that's, other people. That's... That's, that's paid off pretty good last year for the, the pandemic. That's great. That's great. What does your wife do? She's a pharmaceutical rep. He stepped out. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was making the dog shut up. One. <laughs> we so. already de- we already decided she was a uh, a pharmaceutical rep and made lots of money because that's what pharmaceutical reps yeah, do. Fuck yeah, they do sometimes. Who else were we talking to recently that whose spouse was a pharmaceutical rep? There was someone else. Gail Miller. I don't know. <laughs> well, it was me four years ago. It's true. No, it well, was I don't another. Know if we asked about that. I swear, it was another guy. <gasps> was it? No. I don't know. There was someone recently that we were interviewing whose spouse was a pharmaceutical rep. Which, how that's kind of weird because it was recent. Was it Michael last week? I feel like it was. <laughs> I was going to say that, <laughs> but then I was like, no, that can't be it. So I have a, I have a, I have a real important question for you. So every time I see you, and I run into you all the fucking time, um, you know, without conventions, it's a little bit less because you don't live in my neighborhood. You mm-hmm. live down in the evil part of Salt Lake area. Don't you know he drives past your house every Thursday? Wow, that's creepy, dude. <laughs> um, how is it that you are really like an 80s rock and roll video in I, real life? You're total, an author. Total, total 80s kid. It's the weirdest thing because like every time I see you, you're just like rolling around looking like you're an 80s rock star. <laughs> I don't know. I'm total 80s kid. Soaked that in that culture, soaked in the music. Like that's what I like. You're just into that, like Max Hedrum and wearing the cool glasses. Like the who's the who's the guy, the cool kid in um, Breakfast at Tiffany's? Not Breakfast at Tiffany's. The Breakfast like, Club. <laughs> Breakfast at Tiffany's. There's no cool kid. Is the like cool George kid? Ricard? Oh my God, no, Breakfast talk- Club. What's the kid's name? Oh, it's the wrestler a- kid. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could just picture name. you. Like that. Not being a jock, but just the cool kid. When he puts on the shades. Oh, I see. So I wasn't picturing the the Emilio Estevez character. I was picturing the kid with the leather jacket. You know what jacket, I got like for the, Christmas? Yeah. pack of cigarettes. Yeah, that's Here you go. <laughs> that guy? I thought he was the cool kid in that story. Wait. <laughs> I, apparently we're watching different we're, we're, we see that movie so there's a there's a theory that really only Molly Ringwald's character had detention uh, and she's just imagining the whole thing because she really doesn't have any friends and that's why the storyline doesn't make a whole lot of sense but it all evolves um, around her not Molly Ringwald right the klepto right her, her, the redhead that. Oh, really? Molly, Molly Ringwald's I've character. Never heard that. Yeah. I haven't. Either. I thought it was the klepto, the, no. the klepto girl. That's what would make. The Molly sense. really had no friends, and she really is in detention, but she's kind of just imagining this whole. thing. I would think it would be the Ali Sheedy yeah, character. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that, that's that, that's that would make more sense. Molly Ringwald that would make more sense. Dad, you raised me so uncultured. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Well, at least you've seen Back to the Future. You haven't seen Breakfast. It's a John Club? Hughes movie. Uh-huh. Oh my or God. Breakfast at Tiffany's. Well, Breakfast I, at Tiffany's yeah. is from the 50s. But your, your, it's a your aunt, Holly, when she, Holly Golightly, that's from Breakfast at Tiffany's. Uh, Golightly. She said, I think. Oh. Yeah, that song came out way after the movie, though. Yeah, but. And then, but you should see Breakfast Club. That's a really good show. Yeah, that's a, that's a classic. It's all, and, it's all about, like, angsty teens. And Ferris Bueller's Day Off. They're I all. I love that one. They're all about the same, because they're the same, they're the same time movie. frame, and they're all 
very, very similar. Sixteen candles say anything. Obama. They're all very similar. What's the What's the one with the kid Pretty and the boombox? Say anything. Say anything. Is that saying anything? Yeah. Anything. Pretty and pink. That's like better. Better than off dead. That one's better good. off dead's funny. It's a little different than those, but it's still pretty. Drop dead Fred is really good too. That has got nothing to do with what's those. The one, what's the one with <laughs> is say anything the one where the the, the newspaper kid's looking for his two dollars? No, that is better off dead. That's better off dead. Okay. I want I my two dollars. Two dollars. It falls off the cliff. Yeah, now say anything is John Cusack where he's holding the. That's the and nobody knows the movie; they just know that part. But, well, no, he was he was mowing lawns and he was trying to get in the pants of the the popular chick. That's and, a different movie. Oh, what's that movie? <laughs> I can't remember, but that's not the same what movie. It, that's the it's the that's money can't, can't buy, buy me love. Yeah, that's right. buy me love. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. Right. See, that's why I said the only thing anybody remembers about <laughs> say anything because this is probably not even a good movie. The ending scene boom where he holds up the boombox. Yeah. No, it's, it's it's about like sixteen. Did candles. you know when you came to be on this show, we were going to talk about crappy eighty movies? He 80s likes movies. them all. I'm He's all an for it. Kid. I'm all for all it. Right. It's all good. Favorite band? Uh, that's too hard. He's like Garth Brooks. Current? Whoa! No, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Current band or eighties band? Because there's a big difference. No, favorite band? Uh, What's mostly f- the Gorillas. Oh, this yeah. last couple See, months. There you go. Because that's what me and my five-year-old are bonding on. Not hair metal, though, right? It's not your... Not lately. Did you do the Liquid Joes, like uh, hair metal guys? What were they called? The Metal Gods? Oh, that? yeah. The Metal I Gods. I was really kind of into a lot of the new wave stuff in high school. I liked The so, Cure, like, The Smiths. Depeche Mode, Duran Duran. Depeche so you Mo, must Duran be Duran. stoked that like that shit's coming back right now. There's, there's good. like a, there's yeah. like well, a new... it's like I got to come, I got, once I moved to Utah, then I got to go and see all those guys in concert because oh, yeah. they never they... came to Montana. Well, and they still come to Utah. To be fair, well, I mean, not COVID, but in general, no like English Beat. Montana. <laughs> I saw English Beat just about four or five months before the COVID shut everything yeah. down. So English Beat, like, yeah. they come to Utah, they go to the, the depot is their main. They're really... I saw the Who. Yeah, there the you go. The Mongolian Who. Oh, well, so, just a couple months before, no way. Um, that was so good. Those guys are way so good. English Beat so has awesome. like some twenty-year-old kid who does a bunch of their singing, but he sounds like you wouldn't know he's not. Really? So yeah. it's like it's like, like no, Journey. Your Journey, yep. Yeah, yeah it's like the some, Asian kid, the Filipino huh. guy. All of these bands, like in, in excess, they have that Joe Money or whatever that dude's name is, who sounds just like the original. But they huh. they brought him. That's in. what you have to do when you've done a lot of hard drugs, and it's like forty years later. Well, when you're in excess and your lead singer dies, I think John Bon Jovi needs Again, to have somebody from... step in for him. He's sounded a little myself. pathetic lately. <laughs> your needle. Maybe you should put your needles away. What? I had it poked into my cup, so I wouldn't forget about it, and, and then I forgot about it, and almost stabbed my cheek. Yeah, so a lot of those bands. Of course, you got Kiss, who's still. Around, I, I think they're vampires. I think they've been dead for a no, long dude, time. No, dude, they're just fully robotic. Kiss cyborgs. Either that, or they've just pickled themselves without. I remember, like, I remember, like five, six years ago, where they did the halftime at one of the Super Bowls, and they wheeled them out on that thing, and they're all like, oh, "Look, uh, they you can't really see the strings because it's so good now, but they're just fucking marionettes up there. That's probably CGI. Yeah, it's just actually a big screen, and they give you drugs on the way in. And... <laughs> You say, think you're watching Kiss. Look, honestly, the people that still like Kiss from when Kiss was touring when they were like in their prime, they can't hear anything or see anything very well these days. So a Kiss concert still just as good. Dude, they're not that old. 
Don, this you're talking about Don's realm of music. Yeah, but only Don, fifty. But he would have been on the he would have been on the way younger yeah, side. Kiss, Kiss was like popular. like I know, but 60s, like that's like that's totally still his. <laughs> I don't know when the Kiss was popular. Mid seventies, mid seventies is when they. It's all ten years ago to me. Still, that's true. Well, then you got like the Rolling Stones. Those guys are older than old. I mean, they're still yeah. decent, but they're so old. And like ACDC and all these guys, it's like who had the best selling album of last year. Of last year? Of last year? Was it ACDC? It was ACDC. No way. Nice. There wasn't a lot to choose from last year. That's true. No one was doing When you're ACDC, you can put out a best of like every year. Which is interesting to me. It was a new one. It was a new one. It was okay. Because you would think like recording artists, like people that did concerts and tours that like couldn't tour. Well, one, a lot of them, especially like the arena show type people were like Nickelback was like, fuck, it is so great to have a year off. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, they had a year off for a long time. No, no, they st- look. The funny thing about Nickelback, everybody complains, but they everyone are says they on hate tour. them. I don't, but they I sell out listen. arenas still, and it's twenty twenty one. Dang, people like Nickelback. I liked them as a kid. Nickelback, yeah. yeah, they're like every other rock band. Every one of their songs is about fucking and sex and drugs. That's it. How's that What's any the- different from country? Where What's, it's all we don't listen stuff. to country. You know what happens when you play a country song backwards? Nothing. You get your house back, you get your dog back, and you get your wife back. It's true. What is that? Who is it that we always listen to when we're driving? They might be giants. No. <laughs> I wasn't asking you. That, Do I drive around with you? I got to be honest. They might be giants would be good for about 20 minutes. Last time you probably drove there. around with me, we listened to They Might Be Giants, and they were popular and still in the air. I do not recall this. Um, I don't know. We listen Remember, because we're always talking drunk. about the, the, it's all about sex. The, it's all ACDC. about sex, baby. Is that who we listen Every to? single one of ACDC's songs is I know, but is that, is that who we're listening to when we... Yeah, when that's we, who okay. I mentioned. That's well, always... Peppa. It doesn't matter you what song it is. You know that song with the words in it? It's all Peppa. If it's not direct... Like, the nice thing about ACDC is their songs are about sex, but they're not like... Like, Nickelback sex songs are like... She put it in her mouth and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and at least ACDC is like more metaphorical. Ah! Like it's clearly still about having sex or getting a blowjob, but it's like, it's not that exact word. But like I Nickelback. Didn't know any of these well, and my, you can't understand ACDC half the time, so it's my, okay. My daughter was asking me, Dad, why did she shake him all night long? <laughs> See, exactly. <laughs> That's my point. Like, every single one of their did songs. Did you say he was choking? Oh, yeah, he was epileptic. So I would have said she was trying to get his pea brain to roll out his ear. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just a woman to another woman, so. Well, she she was 11, and I'm like, ah. He, he had some health issues. He was choking. See, <laughs> different parenting styles. I would have just been like, it's about sex. Yeah, let me explain what that My means. My parents didn't teach me what sex was. I learned when I was 14 in a book. You didn't teach your child about sex? I did far more so than her mother. But Yeah, I, I was sat down one time when I was Jeremy, nine years Jeremy old. Jeremy sat her down and went... <laughs> no, I know Dad never did a talk. <laughs> that I had one brief, brief talk when I, talk? I was nine years I old. I talked to my kids like every couple of weeks. Hey. You got condoms. If you're going to start having sex, you need to have a condom, right? Like, don't fuck around. If you want yeah, birth no, it control, wasn't until after I started having sex that Dad actually had a talk about sex. With if me. you're ready to That's have sex, whenever you're ready, <laughs> he's like, just don't get pregnant. You just come let me know so we can go take you to a doctor and you can decide what birth control is right for you. Like that's yeah, like we every had couple all of, of those weeks. talks like, all the time. That's what my wife is a pharmaceutical rep of. There Perfect. you go. Perfect. 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 Need more of those. Yeah. 
We need more parents telling kids about birth control. That we just be... need more parents to just be honest Look, with their kids. Are gonna kids. be having sex anyway? You, you might don't as well wanna... put them on some birth you control. You don't want them to, to learn, it, them you know, from each other. Yeah, or at yeah. least teach them, you know, how to be safe if if they're not using some form of birth control like that. Well, or... but again, you don't want your kids to learn from other kids that think that they know or that tell them wrong things. You should well, head it off standing at the up. You can't get pregnant. <laughs> what the hell? Well, if you do it in the butt, it's not in the course. <laughs> Like, you aren't going to get pregnant if you do it in the butt. Probably not. You might. We'll see. (laughs) We've gone down another weird rabbit hole again. Yeah, (laughs) let's go back to your books. Um, What? So what, what, uh, in, in the last, like, year, what have you, uh. That is freaking awesome, Julia. That's a dick. Picture of that. No, it's not a dick. It's the oh. Angel Moroni. Oh, it's Angel Moroni, but it's an alien. It looked, from a distance, it looked <laughs> no, kind of like a, a awesome. penis, It's a Lovecraftian Moroni. That's great. I love that. I feel like that needs to be Julia's. That's great. So what's your. My what? Your book. Oh. What, oh, yeah, sure. What, uh, what. What books have you authored in the last year? What's brand new? I've I've put out two this year. One's a fantasy dealing with like a treasure hunt in a fantasy Africa-like place because I wanted it to be different culturally. So it has like some wild Zulu-like tribes and lots of terrible monsters. Some are like Ice Age crocodile type things that could run. Nice. What's that called? Iron Maiden. Nice. Because my main character is this tough former pirate, and she gets roped into the treasure hunt where they're going to the place where dragons go Should to I die. Should I just tag a bunch of like LDS stuff in the post? Um, you don't need to. This <laughs> one, this no, one, like this, a joke. <laughs> this one's a Porter Rockwell one, and this one is, but this one's like <clears throat> the usurper rock and the, fantasy. Yeah. And then these just are my tag LDS on it, and shows up in their tag <laughs> if, for all the. If you, want to, if you want to, and you want to put Porter Rockwell, that's that's my usual LDS one because I I always liked Porter Rockwell, the idea of that, and I'm like I want to make up stories because nobody else is. Well, no, they're, so all they're always that. weird westerns where Porter Rockwell's dealing with some supernatural skinwalker or awesome. werewolf. So you're a fan of cowboys and aliens in the movie then? Well, that's what no. He, yeah, like <laughs> I wanted to like the, it. Yeah, I wanted to like it. I really. It was not great. I did not care for it. Well, it had Harrison Ford. But this one's uh, the Bear Lake Monster. Oh, nice. Nice. So there's your Utah thing. Like, like, I like the Wild Wild West movie with Will Smith Mm -hmm. because the music's great because he did it all. Um, But I like the the idea of, like, Western meets technology in some fashion. Shanghai Nights was funny. Yeah, it was all right. It was all right. We're just not a lot of those movies anymore. They don't make very many westerns anymore. Yeah, I liked uh, Hell on Wheels. And so for me, it's like I rate Porter Rockwell a lot like uh, the main guy on Hell on Wheels if he met a skinwalker. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you always write under your own name? No, I've been doing some fantasies under a pen name, James Alderdice, which is my dad's name and maternal grandmother's maiden name. Cool. I thought it sounded that is a great last name. That's a good. I thought it sounded like a fantasy author's name. So I'm like, I'm going to run with that one because I was playing with my independently published stuff. I was, this is where it comes into the consulting. I was trying to do something with a pen name for the Coax Amazon's algorithms and it worked out pretty good. The best pen name story that I, I still have heard is, uh, um, uh, what's his name? Your favorite author, um, Michael Brent. Yeah, Michael. Uh, uh, Michael Brent Collins. His, his romance. His romance novels. Yeah, 
I'm forgetting what his pen name is. I can't is. think of what it is. But either. it's like the, it's the. Well, then it's why'd the you tell the story? Be, because it has nothing to do with the name. <laughs> the the oh. best reason to to do it is he didn't want his name because he writes like fucked up horror books, like really messed up shit. Yeah, like parents who kill their kids, like fucked up stuff. Like it's, but it's like. But favorite. How's that any different from the true crime it's, porn podcast? No, because no, no, he wrote these romance novels that are like. Yeah, like but smart I, novels. But it's it's like it's not like um, it's not like I go crazy and and like kill my kid. It's, it's like it's it's, it's like supernatural. Fetishes, yeah, it's, you were possessed. Yeah, like, get it. Like or like there, like there's something going. Yeah, possessed. So like really messed up horror stuff. But then he <laughs> decides to write smut, like mild smut. I don't think it's like. Like rated X, triple X smut, but it's romance novels. I think it was more like Hallmark smut. Yeah, more like Hallmark smut. But he's like, I don't think I should write that with my name because my name is associated. But then he kept his name for the weird fantasy series that he did with with the Peter Pan one that he wrote for his wife. (laughs) Oh yeah, because she's like, I want you to write something I can read. (laughs) His his zombie slash pandemic one. Oh yeah, was good. The, The colony. Did you guys read that one? Bree did. It was the called colony. 2020. What? It was called 2020. Mm, pretty much. <laughs> Are you talking about the colony? I think it was the colony. Where it was like seven books within two. Oh, and it's and it's like insane. It it, it just starts right out and the guy's running. I mean, it was like there was, that one was so really good. So what is your favorite book of yours that you've ever written? It's always the one I'm working on. Really? Yeah. You just like, once you write a book and you've got, you got it through all the process, you're just done with it? In a way, yeah, and it's like sometimes I still have to think about it because I was like, oh, I still got to promote this. Do you have any Angelica like, Hart? Yeah, that's his. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's right. <laughs> Do you have any? You don't because you don't really write series necessarily. Like the Porter Rockwell stuff is the closest, but it's not. Um, these fantasy ones are a series. Yeah, is that your first? Real series for it. It's the first big one. It's like eight books so far, and I'm. I said Holy I was. Shit. I told it's, myself I'm going to make it be ten. It's you eight. Didn't sign books? it with my highlighter. Which one's the first? Uh, the, brutal, the first, brutal. The first book. Which, or the first I, I couldn't the remember if you guys might have had that one, so I didn't bring might, one because I, I thought you might. If have I don't, it. I'll buy it. I like to support local authors. So brutal, and it's like. It sounds like really fucked up fantasy. Low magic, what if no magic. It wrong, then what would you have done? It's like Yojimbo with some sorceries thrown in. So the the stranger with no name comes to this horrible city that has warring gangs led by wizards. Sounds like Jim Butcher's stuff, kind of. I haven't read that one. The, read the, the, the one it's, it's I know what you're talking about, but Jim, Jim Butcher. So he's got. I know we're talking about you and all the others, but. He's got his big series, the, the biggest one. Yeah. It's got this like 15 books or something crazy like that. But that one's really good. And they actually made a TV series out of some of it. I heard that, but I hadn't seen any of it. And them. I've read the books and the TV series was eh. But they, but they were interesting because it's a guy who's a wizard. and. Mm-hmm. So are you an avid reader? Because yeah, most authors I read are, a lot. Yeah, most authors don't mind talking about other books because they're just avid I, I read a lot. What what would you say your ratio of reading to television and movies is? Uh, I purposely have tried to cut back on television and movies in relation, but I I still watch a lot because I like sharing the culture with my kids. <laughs> so you watch good stuff with them? I mostly that's what I want to watch with them. And I'm like, no, nah, that's crap. Let's watch something else. <laughs> you ever watch Poultry Geist? I saw it when I was a kid. That would be so great. 
so bad. I want to watch it. Not Poltergeist. Poultry Poltergeist. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Ghost Chickens in the Sky. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I haven't. I've missed Sorry. that one. I like a lot yeah, of bad movies. It's one of those movies. bad horror movies. It's really bad. I, I watch a lot of bad movies, too. Uh, uh, I always enjoyed Mystery Science Theater, Rift Tracks. I read a... I don't really remember it very well. I read a... Um, I don't know, it was like an essay or a paper on um, the use of magic by authors and like magic systems that they create in these uh, in spaces. I'm I'm a big fantasy fan, and how like the difference of like you know if you have a very magical setting, you have to be very careful to create the essentially the rules around magic so that mm. something doesn't throw the reader out of it. But if you don't have a super magical setting, then doing something crazy and off the wall that is enormous uh, still fits, mm-hmm. like weirdly. I don't know. I just uh, So I'm always curious like how much magic is in a given fantasy book. Mine have it, but it's rare and powerful, and it's always got to have a cost. There's got to be a sacrifice for you to be able to do something. I like that. So they're not just super OP. Yeah. I mean, it's similar to like – because like – like Tolkien is a really good example. He's I still don't think Tolkien's a great author. Dresden Files, I know I'd remember. <laughs> Sorry. But, but like Tolkien in that respect, like there's not a lot of magic in his books. Mm-hmm. There's very little, but it's very fantastical. And like the magic users still carry swords. Mm-hmm. Because magic is not so easy to do anymore. Like that's just so I find that level really fun. I think like just continuity when you're writing like series and stuff that ties back. So I think that that's why, um, like the Harry Potter series, it fared so well. Everything's tied in. Like if Mm -hmm. you go back and you start rereading those, that's why they have so many of those panels at Comic-Con because everything literally ties back. I would never be able to do that. But like I, I've read Brian Lumley. Have you ever heard? He's a vampire writer. Titus Crow. No, he, um, he writes about a necromancer. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm naming off a different book of his. Oh, maybe. Yeah. I've only, con- I've only done the necromancer series and there's another like series okay. tied with yeah. it, but I have them. They're all sitting over there, but, um, like all of his stuff is just like weirdly tied. And so when you read something in book one and then in book seven, it's very consistent. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like about like book series. Yeah. Is that, that tie back in when you're like, Oh, that happened before. Now I know why this is happening and it it can stand on its own, Mm -hmm. but it's also you, it's like star Wars people that like geek out because they've (laughs) seen the ones before. And so they know the little, yeah, the little secret that maybe you're just watching. Yeah. I like doing that. It's like that mortal Kombat movie. They just released. If you ever played mortal Kombat, like the original games, it, there are so many callbacks to the game. It's one of the best video game movies that's been I remember made, wasting I quarters at the 7-Eleven. Yeah. The 7-Eleven by our house because they had the Mortal Kombat and my friends and I would go and you'd be, you'd be doing really well and you'd, but you'd be running out. So you'd be like, go get, go get some change. You'd have somebody a dollar. They'd run over on the cashier idiot guy. Be like, mm, you gotta buy something. So we'd buy like the, the 10 cent candies. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you're spending money on their own venue, I know. on their own machines. Well, so, they make a rent off of them, but the money that goes into them isn't. They theirs. don't want to loitering, is what it is. You got a bunch of teenage kids. Anyway, I we loved playing Mortal Kombat. That so, was back in the day, though, before people had like their own 
video games at home. So your Mortal Kombat series, the one that's full of gore and, and fantasy. Like, I see the covers of these. They're absolutely got to be, I like, full. Sorry, of, I had to read the dust covers. They, they got to be full of, like, like blood. I mean, like this one, this, the Usurper, the cover is like a crown that's dripping blood. It's great. Yeah, very Game of Thrones-ish. So, so. Artwork like, draws me to to store. It's very important. Like, do you, cover do you have somebody that does all of them consistently or um it's usually me saying i want that for if it's if it's independent i usually buy it and say oh i'm gonna put that on the cover so with that with that series is it is it an actual series that like follows the same characters through stuff or it's is the, it, it follows the main that... character from who is it the man with no name in the first one and then he keeps going on okay because i like because you when you create series sometimes the series like um, you know, follows one character or follows different characters or like sometimes a guy like George R.R. decides he's going to write a fucking book that is in the series but like doesn't follow any it's of the 300 characters. years earlier than yeah. anything you know. <laughs> like randomly there's I like this prequel in the middle of stuff. Much. It's too much. I like oh. to be able to have enough to put my own picture in my head and he wants to put his exact picture in my head and I don't like that. I, I'd like to think I give a, a good this is what it is, but I keep things keep them popping. I keep, I'd like to think my pacing keeps it moving. I think that's that my... you don't get too bogged down. That's my issue with Tolkien, too, is I think he's just too verbose. Yeah, because he's trying to put his exact picture. He wants to make sure you see exactly what he you saw. You need to know that this elf buckle yeah. is gold, but not that gold. It's this gold. No, I, I, I'm okay if you just yeah. tell me that it's a gold buckle. Like, I can picture my own gold so buckle. So I, I think the that. difference no, I is... I think you do. An author like Tolkien, when he wrote, he didn't have the kind of, like, editing and stuff that we have now. Like, he couldn't send it out to 500 editors. Yeah, to, the editor's like, no. Like, we can't, dude, we can't sell this this book. It's 1,200 pages and half of it is fluff that's not good. No one's going to read that. <laughs> Uh, writing styles, reading styles have definitely changed. And it's like I try to make sure I'm opening every chapter with something that makes you want to keep going. And then I try to end every chapter to make you want to keep reading the next chapter. How how much uh, – because that's a, that's a good point. Like writing styles have changed and I know you've done a bunch of like short stories and stuff. How Like how many short stories and novella type things have you written as opposed to like full novels? I'm going to say probably at least 25, 50. And has it has it increased over the last few years more? Do you? It's think? probably actually decreased a bit because I was focusing more on the novels because novels make more. They make money. Yeah, <laughs> readers digest stories don't make as much. Well, money. Well, it's like I I had a story come out just recently in Story Hack, and I don't think that paid a lot, but I just enjoyed it. People are telling me they liked it. It just came out. Um, it's, so it's a ma- it's a story magazine. It's like Story Hack number seven that just came out. And then I have a Lovecraftian weird Porter Rockwell one that was like 20,000 words. So that's a longer short story. And that, that came out in Tales of Yog Sothoth, another Lovecraftian collection. And I don't know what that one's doing, but it, all the reviews are good. Are you a big Lovecraft fan? Cause you write. I, I like the concept a lot. And so I like to play in that sandbox more than, uh, than maybe just the, the regular old ones. I don't know how to say that. Did you watch the Lovecraft Country show at all? I was just going to ask you that. I didn't because I didn't have HBO. Yeah, that's... Uh, it's that's, pretty decent. It's messed up. <laughs> it is It is messed up, but it's very Lovecraft. Very Lovecrafty. Very good. Uh, 
Where can people find your stuff, David? What's Amazon. 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 Just search for Amazon's David J. West. The bulk. Yeah. I or, mean, I've, I've got or, stories you know, together. Just the Deseret Bookstore. Or the right. difficult. <laughs> Deseret Bookstore, probably not. Or the difficult fantasy name. Oh, James Alderdice. Alderdice. Those, those two paperbacks are James yeah. Elder Dice, and the other one is. His. So what? What do you have coming up? Do you, I'm sure you've got, got things in the works. More Porter Rockwell stuff in the hopper. I just and those released, are more of a short story. Uh, they're more Louis Lemoore length. Oh, okay. In general, like I just had Home on the Strange. Come out. <laughs> nice. And before that, it was Let Sleeping Gods Lie. Nice. And those are those are a lot of fun, but they're shorter. Like. Those were some of my favorite books to read for, like, assigned reading in, like, early middle school, late elementary school, Louis L'Amour, because they're short. Once they figured out that choose-your-own-adventure books were total bullshit, <laughs> like, you got away with those fucking things for a while when you were in, like, elementary school. Those were like, so cool. At the time. I loved them. You're like, it's 230 pages. You read 12, but you got to the end of the book. You died. Yeah. <laughs> You'd, they were good. You were those around when you were? Yeah. You didn't have choose your own adventure books? No, I think well, that they were more of a. Our... By the time. By the time I knew what they were, I was kind of past that, that level, reading like level. I was, I was like college level in third grade. So I kind of skipped like oh, a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I kind of skipped over a lot of those things. So they were out. I just wasn't really into what a them. Great concept to get kids to read, though. Like you're still pulling awesome. them into reading a little bit. Because what I you read do is a few you just of them, you but... keep your finger on the one spot, you choose it, and if it sucked, you'd go back you'd to that go back and, and then choose it. the other one. Well, yeah, no, it's... I wanted this ending. Maybe I like it because it's a precursor to like a lot of now video games it's, too. Now it's all the app games with all the weird clickbait videos where it's choose your boyfriend and she's and he's cheating on you and the girl's pregnant. Do you kick her in the stomach or do you <laughs> run away crying? And that's what all of the ads are, you and they're all weird. A, you're on a different fucking algorithm than me. I hate it. <laughs> Everything is clickbait. There's always a pregnant girl or a girl with a unibrow, and you have to shave it. I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. I hate the kids' ads, and I just get those are the kids' ads. What the? They're so messed up. We're clearly old, too old to get those ads. They're all bad. They're so bad. I get. I get ads so that's for that, like beard stuff. That's what, choose, that's what choose your own adventure is now. Like, I get ads for beard shoes. It's episodes or whatever now, and you only get three or four cho- choices a day, and then you have to wait for the next day or watch ads so you can make your next choice in the story. I, I do. Uh, I do a lot of audiobooks now because I don't have a lot I of time to audiobooks. just like chill out and read. So I I listen to a lot of audiobooks and place a podcast. Does that actually count as an audio as a book if it's somebody else's reading? It yeah, too? it's still a book. Do you have any of your stuff converted to audiobooks? Do you read them yourself? No. Why not? You get a good. I, I've been thinking about read it, but I I have ASMR. not done. It. Do you, you have, do you have James Earl Jones read your books? That'd be cool. That'd be awesome. Do, do the person that reads your books do they do voices? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Nothing is worse than like a a a, a book. Where, and then she said, "Let's go to the bedroom." Oh, those are the worst. <laughs> wow, what, they're the wow. they're the worst. Down the bedroom. It's so much better when they do voices. 
Because then, even if the voices aren't great, it's just See, easier. Maybe to that's like... why I don't like audiobooks, because I tried an audiobook once a very long time ago when they were relatively new, and it was just some monotone dude reading the book. If they if don't read bad it, one, it ruins if it. they don't read it like it's Milo and Otis, it's not worth it. <laughs> well, like I'm reading right now, we have a book club at work for our senior management team where we read self-help business books and um it's um I don't you want that. voices with that well so uh jocko uh jocko willis i think is his name the navy seal guy uh-huh. wrote a book that's uh, like a management leadership type book uh and it's him and the other guy that wrote it with him and they're both you know former navy seals but when they uh are telling the seal stories uh in the book like they're it's there's there's it feels like there's music behind it almost, but you like their their voices change and you're like they're like telling a good story. Like okay, and then that's not the part that I heard that you were listening to. No, I'm like, you, what is he listening? Yeah, what to? you heard? Well, what you heard, I think, was actually like part of the preface still, <laughs> like with some <laughs> of their disclaimers, like hey, these are these aren't real, like these are real stories, but places and names and stuff has been changed. It was so boring. It to like protect some- the innocent. Sounded well, like somebody was reading a technical book. Maybe you can find the A team. Yeah, but then it goes like from like a really like in like a like a totally in, immersive story into like, hey, this is how you can apply this to business. <laughs> like this is how you Take can apply him down it. And smash his trachea, kill him, shooting fucking Afghanistan rebels and terrorists in the face, and now you can apply that to your business because. <laughs> This is how you do a hostile, awesome. hostile takeover. You're just thinking like, what to do? Oh yeah, I got to do the thing where the guy took like, that knew, guy's foot off. I knew that nine millimeter round didn't have enough stopping power, so I had to get the Humvee here with the fifty cal on top of it. Like, and this how, is how you work with your sales reps. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you, I've, Jeremy needs that for bill collecting. You, you have a good, you have a good voice. I mean, you could get some of your buddies, some of your author buddies, to do some of the character voices. Like, you make your kids do some of the voices. You hang That'd out be with really cute. You hang out with those guys like Bob Defendi and and those yeah. guys, right? Are you part of that network that he has? The group, I don't know what it's called anymore. Space Balrogs. Yes, that. Yeah, just the hiatus of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys, do you just you just do like conventions and stuff together, or pretty are there much other things that you guys do? Uh, some some marketing, networking, publishing, you know. So speaking of which, where they're talking about Fanex coming back, are you going to be at Fanex? Supposed to be. You need to do the 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 panel thing where you guys. That's, thing. I love that one. That, well, they they've he already, they've already asked us to do it, and they actually asked us that it has to be a zombie one, different kinds of zombies. And I'm kind of like, why are they telling us what to do? Yeah, that's huh. it's a little disappointing. That kind of takes Sorry, a little Blake. bit of the fun out of it. Because that's Fanex. And who's the tall guy? What's his name? The that's attorney, Dave, Butler. Dave Butler. Yeah, he used to be an attorney, right? He still is. Yeah. Is he still? Yeah, he's that, still doing it. That, I know Brent used. Michael Brent used to. That yeah. guy's. He's that guy's great. When they do the when they do the the court case panels, those are great too. And that, that explains why he stays in his character better. That's by the way. Like the that's the best spot of Fanex for you is when you are characters for those things for mm-hmm. them. That's so I, they're, fun. they're a lot of fun. Those that's something that we like if it's if it's a tie between two things that's usually we usually pick that that panel because it's I, so fun. I, I always have fun with it, and it's for me it's 
almost always just improv. So I love that. Any panel that's not a bunch of Mormon authors, I'm good with. <laughs> <laughs> or the down the or the down the row. Like, what is with that stupid? Like, okay, you're number one. You're number two. You're now. I'm going to ask this question, and you guys all answer it. And those are the worst. I hate that, but sometimes I get roped into that. Yeah, I mean, you don't have a choice who's moderating the panel. Yeah, how they, they say like. Hey, I'm going to define this, and I'm going to tell you what it is. Now you tell me what it is. If, if I like, see a panel with seven uh, authors, I'm out. I'm out. Seven I, authors on a panel is not a good mix. It's it's just it's weird because people think people start asking asking the same questions, and I feel like everybody just kind of starts to. Well, it's or it's a panel where they talk the whole time. They don't open it up. They don't ask questions. There's no interaction. It's just some. One or two people talking at you for forty-five minutes. What about uh, you're a funny guy uh, and like you do the improv <laughs> improv stuff? I mean, I don't know that you do actual improv outside of panels and stuff, but do you ever write comedy? Is that ever something that you? I've tried into? to write a little bit, and it's it's, it's definitely harder because mm-hmm. it's like, is this going to translate without me? Winking while I do it. I don't know. <laughs> like, hey, without the the joke. dark sunglasses and the funny hat. Yeah, you can't like be, you can't say a racist joke in a book and have people laugh. Like it just doesn't come off the same way. No, no, my racist jokes in books fall flat. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that's the thing. Like there are a lot of racist jokes. There, there are a lot of racist jokes that like black people tell, and they're hilarious when they tell them. And if they were to write it down, I don't think it would be funny. There's, there's something to be said for how you perform things. So I, I've tried to write some things. I try to write black humor in some of my books that's funny. That's the, the way kind. somebody gets hurt. That is the best <laughs> kind of humor. Dark, dark comedy. What's the what's the movie? Thunder? Uh, are they? Tropic, Tropic Thunder. Tropical Thunder. Yeah, that's, I love Tropic so Thunder. So that. One right. of my favorite movies of all time. And... Still to this day, and probably will forever be the best cameo in a movie ever. Tom Cruise. Oh yeah, who was not oh, cast. He was not right. billed like nothing, and you didn't like the first time he was on camera. You it was, even it was it was tough him. to even put together that it was Tom Cruise. It wasn't until later you're like, motherfucker, that's fucking Tom Cruise. He was wearing fake hands for that. Yeah, that, that, that's fake so big funny. hands. But Robert Downey Jr.'s character. Was the best. The, the whole movie is just great. It's just like it's all the tropes of all the the action movies and like stupid like superstar movie actors. And that movie's great. It's quality. It's quality. So Amazon, do you have a website? Yeah, I've got uh, jamesalderdice.com for that, and then uh, I'm doing my blog for David J West. Excellent, excellent. Do you do stories and stuff on the blog, too, or is it just like life? It's more like life, news, thoughts, book reviews. Excellent, excellent. I've been playing with the idea of trying to do little video book reviews, but I haven't done that yet. But I'm, I've am i been really thinking I'm going to do that. And try to do that. <laughs> thinking hard. The about most that. interesting book review in the Instead, world. Instead, just get on TikTok, and you only have to think of a minute's worth of stuff. That's true. Three minutes. Now they extend it. Oh, three minutes. If you're, if you're like too, a verified account, you can make three minutes. I am legally too old to be on TikTok. Nope. No, you're not. I can assure you, you are not. Well, I I don't have content on TikTok. Yeah, yeah none of us old to. people have content. We yeah, don't. but most people just have it to go look at the videos. Most people don't make just stuff. watch. I bet your feed's way different than mine. <laughs> well, with that yeah. one unibrow thing, yeah, yeah it's true. Shaving it's... the unibrow and punching babies and whatever it is you watch. 
Okay, you know. I've reported those ads as not interested <laughs> so many times, but different companies all just take the same idea and they clickbait all of their ads to be the same weird. It's so dumb. Well, David, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. It's been fun um, getting to joke around with you and talk about shit that has nothing to do with what you write. Um, <laughs> I mean, Doesn't? honestly, talking about sweet ass 80, 80s movies with you is great. That's that's why I like doing the podcast is just having fun conversations with people. That's we have to people. ask him the question though because he hasn't been asked the new question. The new that's question. true. We did ask you the the one thing, but we have a, a bit of a different question here. People liked our ideas and stole them, and so we just did the other stuff. Um, what's the most interesting or unique thing that you've discovered about Utah in your time here? That the history is not what I thought it was. That's a good answer. That's a really good answer, actually. It's a lot of history There's in this a state. A lot. To delve into, but a lot of revision. A lot history. of oh, yeah, wow. <laughs> uh, I I've gone down some serious rabbit holes. Do you think uh, this is just a question for any of you? Do you think because we we've come into an age where you know up until the printing press and really up until like maybe like the late eighteen hundreds, mass understanding of things that were going on did not happen. Even though there were people that could read and we could mass print, we could start to mass print things like the Bible. Generically speaking, you know, history is written by the victors, not even generically speaking. Like that's just how it happens. But now we're in a space where, yeah, the history of world war two is written by the victors, but we know what happened in world war two, right? Like we have books like Mein Kampf and we understand like you can see where Hitler and Nazis and and Germany as a whole was coming from when World War II kind of came into fruition. Um, do you think now with even easier access to information that we're going to continue to create the same kinds of history like that, where it is revisionist history, or do you think it's going to be too hard to do that? I think it's going to be way too hard to do that because something happens in the world, be that whatever instantly it's everywhere but is it accurately everywhere well and in 30 years well when we look back at it like so i think i think there's still gonna have to be some changes because you're gonna have to go back and look to see what what was if what was actually reported was true well so or if it was so just that take good point but yes the news is gonna put their take on it but something happens and there's college-age kids on Twitter instantly. I'm standing here. This is happening. Julie is tweeting about it right now, actually. So so aside from the news, which I know the news is going to give you whatever story they're going to give you, but there are actual people tweeting about it, making videos of it as it's happening. I mean, and the news can do what they want with it, and they will, but the fact that there's so much firsthand information as things are happening, it makes it a whole lot harder to twist it or change it because there's just so many people living it and and showing it as it's happening. You tell me that and then you go talk to somebody who has a completely different political or religious view on the same exact thing, watching the same exact video, and there's two totally different takes. 14 months ago, I was going up Provo Canyon right as an avalanche happened. Oh. Completely blocked the... Um, going down road, but I was going up and I'm like, holy shit. And I grabbed my phone and I'm taking pictures and I'm tweeting it because then I got stuck in traffic 
because a bunch of people stopped. So I'm like, oh, I can start tweeting this. Almost instantly, I started getting tweets back from like local news. And they're like, hey, can we interview you? Can we, can we share that? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, sure. They called me up to do an interview on live TV over the phone. And before I got on, they're like, hey, what are you doing? Where are you going? They screwed it up in no time flat. Aww. Suddenly they thought I was flying to Sundance <laughs> to, to visit my son. And I'm like, I, I'm like, I don't even know how they. No, I was just driving up Provo Canyon because I wanted to go the long way to get milk. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Cause they, they, they screwed it up that fast. And I'm like, that's wild. That, that's without me even trying to have a bias or anything. And it's like, and like you said, Bree, about two different people's points of view. Oh man, that's night and day. I'm trying to think of the, there's a, there's a comedian that has a, it's like a YouTube, like a weekly YouTube news show. Um, and he's, he's pretty outlandish, but he, at one point, uh, this was during like the, the, the riots following George Floyd's death. Um, and he's like, what's crazy is you can take the same exact video and you can sell it to Fox News saying, Hey, look at all these people, uh, looting and destroying things. And you can take that same video and you can sell it to MSNBC and say, Hey, look, there's police brutality in this riot. And it's the exact same video. And, and just the way you sell it, he's like, so I'm making twice as much money now by taking these videos. <laughs> like, but that's really it. Like the spin that people can put on even the same exact visual video, uh, is pretty significant. So even though you're seeing that live in real time, like you can usually put spin on shit. Now, when George Floyd was killed, that murder video, that, that, that snuff film that was made, uh, from those cell phones, there weren't a whole lot of people that said that wasn't murder. You know, that cop doesn't deserve to, to go away for that. Uh, in fact, even the Republicans that tried to not say that still said that. Right. So I think there are some, 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 some things that, that are, uh, irrefutable, but I think others, it's really easy to put spins on stuff. Ask the people of China. <laughs> There's a giant fucking statue of Mao in, uh, Tiananmen Square. You think most of the Chinese teenagers know what happened there in the 80s? No. No idea. No idea. Well, that's going to do it. Uh, hopefully you liked our, I don't know, this this podcast had like zero direction today. <laughs> um, so hopefully you liked it and stuck around. Maybe some parts of the train wreck were entertaining. Um, next week uh, will probably be about the same. It's our <laughs> it's our five-year anniversary. So uh, we just ask that you share the show. Um, you can follow us on social media at TNU Podcast. Uh, you can see our website, thenewutah.com. Uh, we're all posting blogs. Uh, I'm tagging all your names to the ones that you make now, too. Um, so that, uh, I don't want to be associated with my writing. It's too late. It's too late. I'm, I'm, uh, I created users for all of you guys uh, so I could tag your names on them. I, I, put them I up saw there. something come through, but I didn't do anything with Yeah, it. technically you have accounts, uh, but I don't know if any of you know WordPress. So Yeah. David probably knows WordPress. He writes a blog. So. Uh, that'll do it. Hopefully, uh, you guys have a, a good week, a uh, better week than Jeremy's going to have. Mm-hmm. Ouch. His yeah, that's da- a wedding. It's wedding. His, da- his, his uh, daughter, not the, the one younger than Julia, but not the youngest. Not the smart one across from us that is too young to get married, but the one that's younger than her that <laughs> could possibly be smart. Basically, just- 
fresh out of high school, what, second year she of college? Just, she just turned 21. Yeah, 20. So 20. 20. 20. She's I'm 21. 21. Oh, that's right. That's right. So I forget your Sean's age. She's getting married this weekend. That's why I say hopefully you guys all have a better week In than Jeremy. In a few more days, she's no longer dad's problem. That's right. That's and fine. when he takes her down the aisle, he's supposed to say no refunds. 